0: It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN as we uh, take a look at some of the stories that we have coming up for you here on uh, this Wednesday. A little bit cooler than it had been, so uh, that's a little bit of relief, but not a lot cooler. So we're still getting the heat units that we need out there. Scott Foster here along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan, Susan Littlefield is working too let's uh, check in with her and see what she's got for us today
1: thanks scott here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team kicking it all off at 1219 mark gold will join me from top third marketing as we talk about some of those crazy sayings you might hear commodity brokers use like for example oats knows we'll get more at 1219 but alex steps in at 1245 as we're cruising with biofuels as she talks with don scott of the national biodiesel board talking about the environmental benefits you see from fueling up with biodiesel and then alex will wrap everything up at 117 as applications are now open for the 2020 beef ambassador program that's a look at the midday from the farm team on this wednesday
0: all right thank you so much susan i appreciate it we turn it over to jason jorgensen jason i talked to a UNK volleyball player the other day, and uh, they there's starting to get, be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and when they're going to get things going.
2: They hope, like everyone else. <laughs> like everyone else. Cross your fingers. Uh, yeah. The Lopers did make it official today, announcing a couple of transfers that Coach Squires will be adding good. to the program. We will get his thoughts on what uh, he feels was a very good offseason for them in terms of what they've been able to bring in for players. So they went 38-1. A year ago they do lose julianne jackson Mm. she was she was uh, everything for them uh but there's still if there's a year uh there's still plenty there for coach squires and the ladies to have a fabulous season also we'll talk about the nfl Uh, roger goodell announced this week that If there are training camps, the teams are to have them at their complexes. They do not want them having training camps at satellite locations. Of course, they all used to do that. Yes. Many don't anymore. Kansas City is one of those who does. They always go up to the right up the road to the fine uh, complex they have there at St. Joe Mm -hmm. on the campus of Missouri Western. But uh, the Super Bowl champs will be staying in Kansas City for training camp, Interesting. and that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. I know San Diego did that back in the day. They would travel up to La Jolla or something like that to do their camp, and and so uh, yeah, that probably can't that probably can happen. Now the NBA is talking. I've heard they've talking about twenty two teams maybe showing up in Orlando and getting to yeah, play. There.
2: Every week is like a different trial balloon for those guys. It is. And we're still waiting on Major League Baseball. That's a a pop (laughs) balloon right there. That thing's a mess. Who didn't see that one coming? Jeez. Also, we'll talk some Legion Baseball. Most towns around here have found a way to get something to go. Uh, We'll talk about Highline coming up in sports.
0: All right very good thank you so much we turn it over now to Bob Brogan and uh, let's uh, take a look at stocks here I haven't even popped it up here where are we at uh, we're up pretty good it's about 400 points right now Bob what's going stocks on Stocks
3: are just a little bit higher today extending some gains into the uh, fourth day banks industrial and energy companies were leading the way higher those sectors have been the most badly bruised this year and would also be among those that would stand to benefit the most from a recovering economy the latest snapshot of the job market is less terrible than recent data have been less terrible that's, that's interesting a, yeah, i'm that's an oxymoron a, yeah, payroll pro- yeah I, I did less terrible than i thought it was negative, going to yeah. Maybe, yeah, payroll processor adp says u.s businesses shed two point eight million jobs in may which is far less than the nine million expected so we're watching that and uh hoping for the best but preparing for everything else.
0: All right, very good. That's all coming up on mid. Okay, time for us to check in on our weather. See what's going on for us a, and and uh, for agriculture around here and around the world. We've got uh, Paul Perkins in studio now. I tell you, last night pretty impressive Looking thunderhead that developed a little to the west of Gothenburg, and uh, some areas got some rain out of the deal.
4: Exactly, yeah. Southwestern areas of Nebraska, Imperial, had about 41 hundredths of rain. Some of that rain making its way to uh, south-central Nebraska. Holdridge with about two-thirds of an inch of rain, Hmm. just to trace, though, in Kearney and Lexington. But McCook had a half-inch of rain with that system. Lincoln County, they had about, they did have some rain there, but just to trace amount okay. falling at the North Blatt Airport, so kind of spotty. With it
0: was system. a little spotty, and it was kind of dropping uh, to the south, too. It was kind of going in a different
4: Exactly, direction. and there was, uh, at times, there was a report of a possible tornado mm-hmm. over Imperial with that system, mm-hmm. so yeah, a bit scary uh, late yesterday afternoon, but nothing uh, too much of substance from what we've heard it for as any damage, but uh, could see some severe weather today, yeah. and again tomorrow the Thunderstorm chance is not the greatest over the next few days, but that severe threat is there if those thunderstorms do occur. Right now, in behind a cold front, we're cooler than yesterday with most of us. With temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s, the warm spots continue to be Wahoo and Fremont with temperatures right now right now about 86 to 87. In behind the passage of that cold front for today, not quite as warm on our temperatures, but still 10 degrees above average for some this time of year. The nice thing that we're noticing around the area is some lighter easterly winds. Later today and tonight, thunderstorms will redevelop along the western high plains right near a trough of low pressure. As those storms track to the east, they could be severe, especially in central, western, and southern Nebraska on into northern and eastern Kansas. Pretty much if you're in the KRVN signal here, uh, you do have a slight risk of severe storms from the storm prediction center. The primary threat will be golf ball size hail and wind gust up to 70. Storms also capable of producing some locally heavy rain since the dew points right now are pretty much into the mid sixties or will be by the late part of the day. Tomorrow will be warmer when last night's cold front Let's back to the north as a warm front with the lift of that front. Scattered thunderstorms possible tomorrow afternoon through tomorrow night. Tomorrow, that slight risk of severe storms looks to be over central and eastern Nebraska. Now, Friday through the weekend will be mainly dry. Temperatures returning to the 90s as the ridge of high pressure starts to rebuild from the desert southwest. We will start to see a pattern change by next Tuesday with low pressure and a cold front. The combination should bring some decent chances of some thunderstorms and temperatures more seasonal. There is a change in our long-term forecast, especially in the later periods. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures the early half of next week should be seasonal to slightly warmer than normal. But by late next week through June 16th, the outlook calling for a mid-June cool down and seasonal to slightly cooler than normal temperatures during that time in central Nebraska. The daytime highs are usually in the low 80s with average overnight lows in the upper 50s. Rainfall the early half of next week in Nebraska and Kansas should be mainly near normal late next week through June 16th, expected to be mostly below normal for rainfall. One of the factors impacting the markets include a favorable mix of heat and thunderstorms in the central U.S. and periods of rain in the forecast for crop areas of both Europe and the Black Sea region. Above-normal temperatures are aiding lake-planted crops across the northern plains, but stressing the crops in drought-affected areas of the central and southern high plains. Colorado leads the nation right now with... excuse me, 41% of its winter wheat rated very poor to poor. Kansas wheat follows it 25% very poor to poor. Hot weather in the Midwest will lead to rapid corn and soybean growth, the heat and periods of rain continuing the favorable growing conditions. While western crop areas of the Southern Plains are hot and dry right now with crop stress, eastern areas have better soil moisture and expect thunderstorms to continue their favorable crop progress. In the Northern Plains, any stressful heat the next five days expected to be offset by thunderstorms across the black sea region of ukraine and western russia rain this week will be useful for the summer crops and late stage wheat the ukraine crop estimated to be lower than a year ago but that's due to dryness earlier this spring for western europe and france and germany rain chances will continue this week and benefit their wheat crop
0: all right so well we will see around here uh, if anything pops up here but certainly uh Keep an eye on it for you, because there, there's a chance.
4: Exactly. Probably later today in tonight we'll see those storms form to the west. Kind of a similar situation to what we saw yesterday, okay. forming across the western high plains and then moving to the east. Right now, a little bit of thunderstorm activity in south-central South Dakota, but pretty quiet towards Colorado and Wyoming, where those storms will probably fire.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. I appreciate it. Paul, where do you go to check in on your weather?
4: Weather Chap, krvn.com. Restricted.
1: When listening to the markets, have you ever heard one of our commodity brokers use the terminology Oats Nose or Turnaround Tuesday, Dead Cat Bounce? There's some interesting history behind that terms. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. So I asked Mark Gold of Top Third Marketing, first off, what's all this talk about Oats Nose?
5: It goes back to an old saying at the Board of Trade, Uh, when I got to the Board of Trade in 1977, you know, a long time ago, uh, you know, the old timers had a bunch of old things. The Oats knows, gentlemen don't trade oats, uh, turnaround Tuesday, um, the voice of the tomb. There were all these mystical things that, you know, were around the board of trade at the time. And, uh, you know, now with computerized trading and the algorithms, I don't know how much it really plays into it anymore. But uh, it's just one of those things. That when oats have done, July oats in particular have done what they've done. You know, you want to pay attention to it. Yeah, is it the end all, the be all? Uh, no, but it's there's a reason why oats have rallied. You know, the better part of a dollar a bushel since the March lows. So, uh, I think you just have to kind of pay attention to it. Doesn't mean the corn and beans are going to rally, but we'll see.
1: Definitely been interesting watching the correlation on how. The conversation of oats knows in the last couple of weeks has continued to regenerate itself amongst folks.
5: Yeah, you know, again, it's one of those things where when it starts to do something that's completely opposite of what the general market is doing, you know, it's it's some kind of indicator. You know, like uh, don't buy a bean market led up by the soybean oil. You only want to buy a bean market led up by the meal. You know, if uh, the meal starts to take off in here, do you want to be short beans? Probably not. Uh, can you sell rallies in the bean market with soy oil leading the rally? Yeah, probably can.
1: And now let's jump into the fact that computers do such a big portion of the trading now.
5: It's near impossible for the average Joe to sit here with a quote screen and then another screen that entered your trades and think that you're going to beat these algorithms. You're not. The computers are... Thousand times faster than your nimble fingers can ever be and you know you can put in these program tradings but you know I don't know that many people have had a lot of success with it there's some have found some keys that seem to work for them but for the average Joe like me just sitting here particularly in a COVID environment where I'm sitting in my condo and I've got one screen with quotes and one screen with my trading platform it's, you, you cannot move as fast as the computer moves.
1: So just like everybody else, there has been working from home. So how much has that changed the day-to-day operation of being a commodity broker?
5: I think it's just made it a little more difficult. Uh, you don't have all your tools in front of you that you would normally have. Usually I have four screens uh, going at the same time. Uh, some of my guys at Dallas have six screens going. So, you know, we're, we're just limited into how much technology we can employ when we're not in the office Uh, we're still able to communicate pretty effectively with our clients we have a forwarding system that goes to these new handheld phones that record the conversation so we're compliant with the uh, uh, FIA and all the compliance that we need out there so it just makes everything there's another level or two of being removed from your normal workplace.
1: That's my conversation with Mark Gold of Top 3rd Marketing. I'm Susan Littlefield on the World Radio Network.
3: It's time for Midday
2: Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, UNK head volleyball coach Rick Squires officially announced today that Brianna Jones and Fallon Studi are transferring into the Loper program and... They hope to take the courts this fall. Jones will have two years at UNK and is a five-nine defensive specialist and a libero, while Studheide is a six-two middle blocker with four years remaining. Jones comes in from Division II Bridgeport from Connecticut, while height was a walk on this pasture at Nebraska. And overall, Squires is excited about where things stand. So you look at the incoming freshmen and the talent we have there and a couple of transfers, and, you know, we, we didn't, you know, we lost some good seniors, but uh, not... Uh, you know half of our starting rotation or anything like that so we, we feel good about our recruiting class. The Lopers went 38-1 and last year and with a D2 national runner-up. After a spring of stops and starts, Highline once again will feel the Legion baseball program. Coach Keith Hengler says goals for the team this summer are pretty simple. The big thing this summer that's going to be different
5: than last year and hopefully going forward next year is it's going to be focused on getting the kids back into shape to be able to play a game. That's kind of what I'm focusing on. You know, there will be some instruction, but mostly it's going to be getting
4: them, you know, game ready physically so they don't get injured and that sort of thing.
2: Now, this is the second year for the program between Elwood and Eustis. Now, all of their games will be on the road as they did not receive clearance to play games in Elwood. They'll start the season on June 19th at McCook. All 32 NFL teams have been told by Commissioner Roger Goodell to hold training camps at their home facilities this summer. Now, most NFL teams stay at their training complexes year-round, but Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Buffalo are among those that stage training camp elsewhere. So, no training camp at St. Joe this year for the Super Bowl champs. And a part-time student worker in the Iowa State Athletic Department has tested positive for COVID, and four athletes are experiencing symptoms. ISU says a student worker notified the athletic department of the positive test last weekend. The four athletes from two sports began experiencing symptoms after being in close contact with individuals outside the athletic department who had been affected. Those athletes are in quarantine and awaiting test results. That's sports. For more, you can check that out anytime at krvn.com.
6: Protests have broken out nationally recently due to the murder of George Floyd by a police officer in Minneapolis. Protesters were seen in a largely populated areas of Nebraska, notably Lincoln and Omaha, where protests had turned violent. Other protests, such as the one in Kearney, did not have such a violent outbreak. Co-organizer Kevin Queen describes the intentions of the group in Kearney. Well, we were interested in coming out and supporting the peaceful
3: protests that were going on in Minneapolis. Not the rioting and the looting, but the peaceful protest against police violence against African Americans. And we were organizing it as a combination of a Black Lives Matter rally, but also a civil rights rally and coinciding with solidarity statewide.
6: The group had contacted the Kearney Police Department and worked with KPD to find a resolution to allow their protest while also following social distancing guidelines and other parameters set by Kearney officials. Protesters could be seen outside of Walgreens on 25th Street and 2nd Avenue on Saturday and outside the Mona Building on Sunday and Monday. About two dozen people protested along Plum Creek Parkway in Lexington yesterday afternoon. One of them said they were there to peacefully protest injustices happening around the country and they are united together in their concerns. He was asked whether they had any concerns of local law enforcement. Here locally, I believe that our poli-
0: police system and they do their job good and stuff, there's no very um, concern. But the problem, it, just, just because it isn't here locally doesn't mean it's not a problem as a country. And so I'm just trying to protest for like those people around the country that can't even peacefully protest without getting hurt or discriminated against.
6: The protesters were peaceful, holding up signs and staying on the sidewalk area. Eleven employees and one patient have tested positive for the coronavirus at the state-run psychiatric hospital in Lincoln. Officials with the Nebraska Department of Health and Human Services say they expect to confirm more cases as testing continues with patients and staff at the Lincoln Regional Center. Other state facilities have seen similar outbreaks, including the Youth Rehabilitation and Treatment Center in Kearney, a treatment center for juvenile offenders. Six workers and three teenage boys tested positive for the virus in April, and some Nebraska prison workers have been confirmed infected as well, as have seven inmates from the Community Correction Center in Omaha. And today marks the 40th anniversary of the Grand Island Tornado event known as Night of the Twisters. The 1980 event produced a series of seven destructive tornadoes that impacted the city for many years. The June 3rd, 1980 tornadoes killed five people and injured 200. While the Grand Island tornado outbreak is best known for the twisters that struck Grand Island on June 3rd, the outbreak as a whole produced 18 tornadoes across two days and caused severe damage as far east as Pennsylvania. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. More.
7: it's time for another edition of cruising with biofuels as we celebrate june as renewable fuels month i'm alex wachowski on the rural radio network joined on the phone by don scott he serves as the director of sustainability for the national biodiesel board don thanks so much for joining us
8: yeah thanks i'm glad to talk about biodiesel
7: yeah well today we're focusing on some of the environmental benefits of using biodiesel so if you would tell us about some of those
8: yeah, so the environmental benefits are are numerous. Um, one of the things that's really interesting to people today is reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. Biodiesel reduces greenhouse gas emissions by more than 75% compared to petroleum uh, diesel. Uh, biodiesel also reduces tailpipe emissions, uh, tailpipe emissions that can be impactful to human health. Biodiesel reduces particulate matter. Biodiesel reduces uh, carbon monoxide and some polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, a lot of compounds that are related. are either carcinogenic or they're related to respiratory illness. And biodiesel reduces all of those significantly.
7: And now more than ever, Don, we really need that cleaner air to stay healthy. So how does poor air quality impact human health and what can biodiesel do to solve that problem?
8: Yeah, so, you know, literally, you know, thousands of people have their lives impacted or shortened every year because of respiratory illness. And it's and it's a chronic condition. Um, many of us don't suffer, but those particularly in urban areas or congested areas where there's a lot of uh, smog, you know, over time that does have an impact on human health. Um, so biodiesel significantly reduces that reduces the amount of soot and particles in the air. Biodiesel also reduces the potential to form ozone and smog, which is a health concern in major cities. And so we've quantified that, you know, using some statistics from U.S. EPA and the California Air Resources Board, statistically the amount of particulate matter reduced from biodiesel used all across the country um, would prevent, you know, almost 300 premature deaths every year. Um, So that that is significant, even though, We're only using 5 to 20% biodiesel in certain parts of the country. You add up that benefit, it does make an impact.
7: And you mentioned in an article that you wrote that a lot of times we're thinking about the long-term benefit of making sustainable choices. How does using biodiesel every day really contribute to this overall problem?
8: Well, and we're fortunate too that, in addition to these environmental benefits that, that we've been talking about, biodiesel also has economic benefits. Um, and most of the time, those those questions are perceived as a trade-off. But for biodiesel, you're really doing good things for the economy and the environment at the same time. So at the same time, we are reducing emissions and p- perhaps you know preventing almost 300 premature deaths across the country in a year. We're also supporting over 60,000 U.S. jobs and adding $11 billion to the economy.
7: Don, I want to ask you, I don't know if you know, but off the top of your head, what research is being done with biodiesel and both environmental and economic impacts?
8: Yeah, so we've at this for about 30 years, uh, developing this industry, and that work continues uh, on many aspects, both uh, on the technical aspects, ensuring biodiesel fuel quality and performance in engines, also continuing to refine the analysis on greenhouse gas reduction, and continuing to update those numbers on uh, the economic benefits. Our industry is, is growing and changing, evolving each year, so we're always keeping those numbers up to date.
7: And for those who are listening who are thinking about trying out biodiesel, first of all, what's, what's important to know about what types of vehicles can use biodiesel?
8: So any diesel engine can, can run on biodiesel. And in fact, a lot of the diesel engines on the road today are already running biodiesel. Um, diesel fuel can contain up to 5% biodiesel blended in, and it's not labeled on the pump. It's considered fungible fuel. All of the engine manufacturers approve that blend level. Uh, all of the heavy-duty U.S. engine manufacturers also approve at least 20% blends, and in that case of a of a blend above 5%, there is a a small label that's required by federal regulation on the pump. So, you know, a little three-inch by three-inch square blue or orange uh, label that will let you know you're getting a higher percentage of biodiesel, uh, and that uh, varies uh, from region to region. Uh, Midwestern states like Minnesota, Illinois, and Iowa have a lot of of B-20 blends. Other states have it sporadically. We're also seeing a lot of heavy blends uh, on the West Coast because they're really interested in the emission reductions from biodiesel.
7: And for drivers across Nebraska and really across the nation, what's the best way to find fuel retailers so that they can fuel up with biodiesel?
8: We do have a, a map that we try to keep up to date on our, on our website. So if you go to uh, biodiesel.org and search for you know, finding biodiesel or retail locations, you can find a map there. Also, you know, along most of the major interstates, the um, truck stop chains like like Love's Pilot and Flying J, they carry biodiesel blends at a lot of their stations. Uh, so you can check their website, or you can just pull up to the pump and, and look for that blue label. Um, some of the T&A travel stations across the country also carry it. And then a lot of their uh, more regional convenience stores, like, like the Come and Go's, uh, Casey's General Store, they carry biodiesel in several hundred of their locations. All right.
7: Great information. Thanks so much for joining us.
8: Well, thank you for the opportunity.
7: That again was Don Scott. He's the Director of Sustainability for the National Biodiesel Board. As we were discussing some of the environmental benefits of using soy biodiesel, as of course, we're celebrating June as Renewable Fuels Month. That's been another edition of Cruising with Biofuels from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
3: Bureau. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Rogan. Stocks are rising again on optimism that the economy can climb out of its current hole more quickly than earlier feared. The S&P 500 is up 1.1% in midday trading, heading for its fourth straight gain as lockdowns loosen around the world and raise hopes for a coming economic recovery. Treasury yields also pushed higher in a sign of improved confidence after reports suggested that while the U.S. economy is still getting pummeled, it may not be as bad as economists had feared. Companies that would most benefit from a growing economy led the market, continuing a recent trend as hopes rise that the economy and life in general can return closer to normal as business shutdown orders lift. U.S. businesses shed 2.8 million jobs in May, significantly less than the 9.3 million job losses that were expected. Payroll company ADP reported that businesses have let go of a combined 22.6 million jobs since March, with the bulk of the layoffs occurring in April. The virus forced employers to shutter offices, factories, gyms, and schools, while demand for gasoline, clothing, airline tickets, hotel rooms, and restaurant meals quickly vanished. Europe's unemployment rate ticked up only modestly last month. It appears to be contained by use of programs that have kept millions of workers on payrolls. It also appears it was influenced by the fact that some people stopped looking for work. The new figures released today show that the jobless rate in the 19 countries that use the euro rose to 7.3 percent in April, the first full month when pandemic lockdowns hit the continent from 7.1 percent in March. The U.S. services sector shrank for a second month in May as the coronavirus pandemic triggered shutdowns and layoffs around the country. Activity did rise from levels last month that had not been seen since the recession. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rubin.
7: reporting for the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by Bonita Lettier. She's the Director of Producer Education with Nebraska Cattlemen. Bonita, thanks so much for joining us. It is great to be here today. Well, today we're discussing the upcoming Beef Ambassador Contest, and before we get into all the details, what is this contest all about?
9: You know, the Nebraska Cattlemen and Cattlewomen want to find some individuals that want to be spokespersons for the beef industry to talk about their love of the industry what they do, why they feel it's important, um, what they're doing now, and what they're going to do in the future in the beef industry, and who
7: is this contest for?
9: The contest is for age groups fourteen to twenty-three, so a senior category and a collegiate category, to um, and that's kind of our age break that we have.
7: So for those listening out there who think they might be interested, give us an idea of what they'll be doing throughout the year if they get elected as a Beef Ambassador.
9: So we have them come out to some of our events that we have that we have in the schools. We also um, ha- work at the Birthing Pavilion at the Nebraska State Fair. We encourage them to come up with some projects on their own to help educate. This year, Jennifer, she created a Beef is May month, promotion doing encouraging some people to do some videos this last month so just some ideas that you might have that you can do in your school maybe at your county fair or something statewide like uh, working at the state fair at the birthing pavilion
7: and the application this year is just a little bit different than it has been in the past can you give us the update on on how people can apply for this
9: Yeah, so we're doing a contest just a little bit different this year. We are doing part of it via Zoom. And then so you're going to experience how it is to talk on the radio, share your experiences. He's going to ask you some standard questions, talk about the answers, help relay your message about the beef industry to our listeners.
7: And we were kind of talking, Bonita, before we got recording that, This is a really great opportunity this year to kind of bring in some new aspects of what you guys will be teaching. Can you share those?
9: You know, there's been a lot of changes here in the last few months. Uh, Many people are turning to the internet for answers. We want to make our beef spokespersons, our beef ambassadors, kind of someone that can go out and help spread the positive message. So we're going to have you do just a writing assignment. And this is something that we've always done in the past, but you take an article that maybe isn't written quite right, and you're going to write an opinion statement and kind of help correct and to send a positive message about beef. And remind us,
7: Benita, what is the deadline to apply?
9: So the deadline to apply is June 10th. So you just need to contact me or send your name in, and then the contest is June 15th.
7: And for those who do get selected as 2020 Beef Ambassadors, they are going to get some awards. Uh, what are those?
9: Yes, you know, um, we did um, increase our um, payouts this year because we weren't spending our money on a venue, so we decided to award you guys. So the champion of the senior division gets $175 and the collegiate division gets 250 For the winners, they're both. You get belt buckles that are presented to you at our convention in December. And also, the collegiate uh, winner gets the scholarship for $1,200 after they have worked and completed some projects for us for a year. All right, great information. Thanks so much. Thank you.
7: That again was Benita Lettier. She is the director of producer education with the Nebraska Cattlemen. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their check you're listening to
8: the Rural Radio. Howdy folks, this is Rick from DaVinci Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and the Cook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff
9: will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.